Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. So Julian Assange has been arrested, and his cat has also been removed from the Ecuadorian embassy in London. That was a good-looking cat. And it can pull off a necktie. What was the cat's name? I don't even know. Was it Chad Morris? No. Well, then it wasn't the coolest cat in the world. Wasn't Francis Bacon or any famous scientist? Well, let's not get on cat names. Julian Assange has been arrested. It, in my opinion, is a big threat to freedom of the press. But what's interesting is Julian Assange is such a lightning rod for criticism. Bipartisan hacks on both sides of the aisle. And let's be honest, even people we like can act like partisan hacks. I went through this earlier. In 2010, when the leaks that were not hacked by Assange, and I think... It's going to be a show trial I, I'm worried about for this guy. And I'm not saying he's the greatest guy in the world. He kind of is a little bit of an egomaniac, but I can relate. Uh, he, I mean, he's difficult to work with, Julian Assange is. But in 2010, when the Chelsea Manning, well, Bradley Manning, whatever the hell it is, Manning's leaks, and it came out on WikiLeaks, Donald Trump said, Bradley Manning deserves the death penalty. Or no, not no. Julian Assange deserves the death penalty. Trump says this in 2010. Then on the campaign trail, Donald Trump's like, I love WikiLeaks. I love Julian Assange. And now Trump's State Department, headed by Mike Pompeo, is calling him a hostile non-state intelligence agency or something. Because they don't want to call him a member of the press. But then it's not just Donald Trump. Think of, like, all the Democrats in the halls of Congress and in the media. They loved when all that stuff... He was a champion at one point. Right. He helped bring down... Like, he showed the abuses in the Iraq War and what was happening at Gitmo and so many places. And then... Oh, no. Then he he worked with the Russians. You know what? here's, Here's the deal, Joey. You know what happened... Hmm. He kept just telling the truth. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, it's, that's what I'm it's, thinking. It's it's weird how when you keep telling the truth and it's a, a truth that you don't want to accept, you get uh, uh, excommunicated. Right. At some point, right. and he's just simply because hey, I've been on both sides with him. Is, yeah. I don't know that we need to be doing this. We don't need to be getting this out. And he just, but he's he's not changed. He's just told the truth. truth. 
And he's doing the same thing that the major media outlets, well, the Washington Post, the New York Times. Well, this is what I will get worked up over, because they haven't done the same thing that he's done. Maybe historically they've done the same thing. Well, in, in the sense that they get stories from unsighted people yes. and print them, and that's all he's that doing. That are often classified in illegal leaks. And that's all he's doing. He's just putting it out on a broader spectrum yes. with less regulation and saying, here's... He actually draws blood, is the point. And he's not being some useful idiot or tool for the United States government. Yeah, he's got some good stuff. Right. But here's the one thing that drives me nuts. Is for two years now, we've heard a lot of the media, especially the legacy media, bitch and complain... And worry, wring their hands. <laughs> Donald Trump is threatening the freedom of the press. You know, one thing, and I talked about this earlier this week, Donald Trump does Good say, <laughs> and no, he got me riled up at times, especially during the campaign. Donald Trump has said things that are a little authoritarian. We talked about this on Tuesday, but he hasn't expanded executive power. He's used the stuff that's already been there, but he hasn't, you know, tilled any new ground or anything like that. So he said stuff, and the press freak out, and he's also made himself the enemy of the press, and the press the enemy of him. And so the media's reacting like, oh, D Donald Trump wants to curtail the freedoms of the press as found in the First Amendment. I mean, we're under threat, and he's, he's calling us elites at his rallies when we're just trying to cover his rallies. All this stuff. You've heard it, folks. He's a threat to the press. These same folks are now cheering on Donald Trump for arresting Julian Assange because they have their heads so far up their own asses that they are mad enough at Julian Assange over the Russian collusion thing, well, really the hacking of the DNC and the emails and the dirt on Hillary Clinton. They're so mad about that that they're willing to cheer Trump and his administration for getting Julian Assange out of his exile and hopefully into court and into a prison cell at some point. And here's the thing, and I'm getting this from folks like Glenn Greenwald, folks like Edward Snowden, who I know they're polarizing figures as well. But who isn't polarizing these days? Uh, nobody in right, politics. Right, unless you're just incredibly boring. Or maybe you're actually... I think some of the people who aren't polarizing, the folks who have such good things going on in their lives, they don't even have to mess with politics. I like those folks. Yeah. But they... It, I have to watch myself. Because it gets me going so much. It really does. What they're accusing Julian Assange of doing is being, number one, a non-state intelligence service or actor, a hostile one to the United States. But the indictment today is saying he helped conspire the hack. And this isn't the DNC hack. This is back to Manning. Bradley, now Chelsea Manning. And they're saying he helped Manning hack it. And they didn't have access. Well, in the indictment, it also says, though, that Manning did have the clearances and did have the access. And he is an ugly woman. I'm looking at him on TV right now. Yeah, you know, there are some transgender, trans women 
that are passing. Like, I could show yeah. you, we could pull up photos all day, and you wouldn't know sure. that used you know, to like, be a guy. A nice-looking, right? you know, female-looking person. Right. And, uh, but let's just say Chelsea isn't quite passing, you know? Uh, anyway, that's like you would lip. That's like you in that red dress you had. That yeah, the red dress run in New Orleans. Sure, <laughs> she's got everything but the beard. But essentially, what they're saying is that not he helped coordinate it because he encouraged Manning to do this. That's what reporters do every day. All these folks that are in the New York Times and the Washington Post that have their intelligence sources and law enforcement officials and blah, 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 blah. All the rumor and innuendo. Yeah. Unnamed source from the Trump uh, campaign or, or, White House or, the, or yeah, the White House. The unnamed sources Trump from the Mueller report say that Attorney General William Barr has mischaracterized their actual findings, even though Barr quoted from the report. Oh, that was beautiful. That was just beautiful. That was a that was an instance of a person maybe even accidentally telling the truth. Yeah. Because yeah, he was. was he was asked uh uh you know the second question and said, Now, uh Mr. Barr, you're not saying that the Trump campaign was spied on, are you? And he said, uh yeah, I just said that the Trump campaign was spied on by the government. Yeah. And they were like, oh, now spy, that's a big word. And then yeah, he was they like, freaked oh, out crap. Over a single word. That's what's driving me nuts. And here's how Barr should have responded because it was Gene Shaheen who asked him the question. He acted the word spy. He used the word spy because Gene Shaheen asked him, did anybody spy? So right. it's just like, you know, ping pong game. Like, all right, back at you. Tennis game. Yeah, spy, well, let me think about it. But he was hesitant. And he said, yeah, spying did occur. But I'm looking into, was there any predicate for that spying? Was there a good legal basis for doing it? And people are freaking out. But he did it the wrong way. He was too lawyerly and too much a, an attorney general for the United States. Attorney General Barr, do you not know that the man who nominated you, the president of the United States, is a member of the WWE Hall of Fame, brother? So when Gene Shaheen asked you, wait, was the Trump campaign spied on, you should have, Mr. Attorney General, said, well, let me tell you something, Gene Shaheen. Dude, mean Gene Shaheen. <laughs> That's what he should have said. That's what he should have said. Guess there was spying. Tell you something, brother. There, there was spying. Anyway. But they're freaking out. Like, I heard one senator say, it is just beyond the pale to suggest that the law enforcement and the intelligence communities would spy. <laughs> So you just made that up out of whole cough, Joey. I that wish I had. That is, I wish I had. That is crazy. Yeah. Oh, no, the government, they don't spy on you. The oh, NSA, man. they're just protecting your best interest. <laughs> but then this is how crazy today's news is. While Trump allies are complaining about the abuses, potential abuses, I'll be fair, the potential abuses of the FISA court and surveillance on the Trump campaign, they're also locking up Julian Assange for essentially espionage. They ain't locking him up, dude. No, he's and his lawyers are going to fight. 
But it's it's not a matter of not they succeed. It's the weird argument that's going on where everybody's really wanting to crack down on leaks. It started with Barack Obama. At the, the Espionage Act was used under Barack Obama. And they got convictions under the Espionage Act more than any other president since it was passed in like the early 1900s under Woodrow Wilson. It's a weird thing where they're trying to crack down more, crack down more, crack down more. Where the 9-11 report, there's an interesting section from the 9-11 report, which wasn't, by the way, just, yeah, some people did something. You know, I'm not usually, you know me, I'm not usually this red meat, wave the flag around type of American. I love Mm -hmm. the country's ideals. I try to be intellectual about it. But I'm sorry, I was alive when 9-11 happened. I was a young man just about to become a teenager when 9-11 happened. I remember thinking, when those planes went into those two towers, we need to kill whoever did this. So I can't get emotional about 9-11. It's one of the most formative experiences sure. of not only American history, but the world in the last 18 years. Yeah. I mean, that's a JFK moment. I mean, that's, yeah, it's, you it's, know where you were. And so to say, well, some people did something. Oh, give me a break. But the 9-11 Commission and the report that came out with one section of it was about classified material. And they came back and said, I think we're classifying too much. Too much is being claimed to be secret or top secret or whatever. And But well, how much is being overclassified? 9-11 Commission said 75%. Somebody who did this for the Reagan administration said 90% is being overclassified. So when you're telling us that 75% up to 90% of the stuff that y'all say is secret and the public can't see it is not, and you have people, investigators actually look into this without partisan eyes, just objective eyes on how classification should work. And they come back with that, and then every time there's some sort of actual meaningful leak, whether it's Snowden or what Assange has done, that actually shows the American people the realities of the war in Iraq and the war on terror. That's, I mean, hang them from a tall oak tree, as John Bolton said about Edward Snowden. And then on top of that, constantly, what do you think this two-year Russian collusion narrative has been fueled by? It's been fueled by spooks that have been carefully leaking to the press the narrative they want out there, including... Former heads of the intelligence agencies, James Clapper and John Brennan, both of who have lied to Congress, actually on television advancing a lot of this crap. So it's all right when the intelligence agencies or the FBI leaks, like Andy McCabe leaks on their own. We can do it. And we can do it to spin a weird narrative filled with rumor and innuendo and no hard, clear facts. But when somebody, again, gives us actual information that enlightens the American public on how bad things are getting, how far the government's going, and they're trying to keep it secret from you. Oh, they lock them up, throw away the key, hang them from a tall oak tree. And don't be worried, America. This is for your own good. You know, I understand that certain things do need to be classified, like how we build weapons of mass destruction in the country. Sure. Probably needs to stay secret. Yeah. A lot of, you know, military positions and movements 
need to stay secret. Yeah, don't do like our former president and say, hey, we, we're we in North Afghanistan. We're going down, you know, Highway 31 in Afghanistan today, and we're going to attack so-and-so. Well, and we could go from... Let's keep that secret. And we can go from the most extreme. I would say that even, say, private conversations between world leaders, like Donald Trump or Barack Obama and President Xi of China are having a private conversation that probably needs to stay secret because the reason you need private conversations so you can actually talk. It's kind of like, you know, like when you go to a commercial break and these microphones are turned on. Right, and you start reading your text messages. You know, we can have, you know, a real conversation. Is there anything wrong with that conversation? No. Is it proper to go out on the airways? Well, could I, no. could I be very blunt with you? Most sure. of the off-air conversations, the reason I don't share them on air is because I don't yet have that FU money. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about shame or propriety or anything like that. Yeah, and that's what I'm and that's what I'm saying. It's not that it would be something necessarily embarrassing or right, but there are things that are appropriate and inappropriate, right. and there's some things that the public needs to know. And there there are. I agree with you 100. percent Yes, there are some things the public is better off not knowing. We don't need to know everything. Should have access to the... And that's... Well, it's a little tricky there. Well, and then on top of that, you have the story that Amazon employees are listening in to things that their Alexa device records. And you better believe Google Home and whatever else home assistant you have is doing that as well. All right. People out there, if you think... You're not being monitored 24 hours a day. You are living in a dream world. Yep. Smart TVs. They have cameras that watch you. These phones we carry around. Your phones. They do the same thing. Yep. I. It's it's amazing. I don't even drive my wife's car. She drives it all the time. I mean, occasionally I'm in there. If I ever plug my phone in this weekend in Birmingham I'll plug my phone in to charge it in the charging station and when I hit maps it'll pull up my house and tell me how to get home now how in the living world do they know that well and then the freakiest stuff if they're not monitoring right. everything you're doing and even yes. paths that I use cuz I use right. like some some it's, well, it's from not, around these parts it's know. not the normal way that you would drive right. in certain it's not the ways. fastest route so to speak but it will it will automatically now direct me i mean when you do uh, and when you start typing text messages it brings up words that you use well, and here's, commonly. Here's the freakiest part, though. It's not necessarily they've analyzed where you go in your car or even have recorded conversations. I think the creepiest thing is partly what Snowden revealed. When you look at metadata analysis, and then you combine that with some hard kind of data on, like, maybe a recorded conversation or a transcript or a series of text messages, whatever... And you can analyze all that and crunch it together. People that have that information and do that analysis probably know more about you than you know about yourself. Yeah, you're including that sound in the middle of the night. (laughs) This stuff. Kids are up. It is a (laughs) crazy. It's a crazy, freaky world. Now, I don't want to get rid of 
the phones or the smart TVs or all this stuff. I don't. And there's there's a great advantage to that. Yes. I mean, when you're trying to look something up, you know, it's prompting you and helping you along, but it just goes to show you that it's it's recording every single thing that you do. Right. And and these little devices that all of us tote around now. I mean, it's I mean, maybe I'm being naive here though, but. I don't mind if Google analyzes my behavior in terms of searches and the things I talk about even. I don't And either. pull up like, hey, you might like this product. Like, oh, thank you. I actually am interested in those new boots. Sure. I mean, that's cool. Whatever. I mean, if, if you're going... A new going, car cover, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going on, you know, three and four different websites looking for pull-up leather boots yeah. and... and you just hit B, and it says boots, and it gives you another one. Yeah, that's, that's one thing. That's, you know, it's, it, there's a buy-in option. It, that's, that's one deal. The thing that disturbs me is when you and I are having a conversation, and my phone is sitting here silent. It's off. And we bring up a topic, and when I hit Google and punch in one letter that's even associated with that topic, it comes up. Yeah. When I've never looked into it. That's freaky <clears throat> stuff. I've you had know, those moments. If you're too. telling me, you know, Clay, you're getting old, you need to take some ginseng. Right. It'll help your memory. And we have a long conversation about that. And I say, oh. And I hit Google and hit G and ginseng comes up and there's, it's like, how in the hell? Or if I get on Facebook that's and there's freaky. two ads for ginseng on right. it. You know, that's what creeps but, me out. And that stuff can be creepy, but I think even that is like, okay, you're trying to deliver products to me. Fine. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I'm, I'm going to click on it. Sometimes I'm not. Like, y'all should actually look at my bank account before you start posting $300 boots in my face, all right? They're cool, but I'm not buying $300 boots. Maybe $20, $30 boots. 40 even. I'll go with $40. If they last a few years, I'll buy them for 40 Maybe 50 50 <laughs> <laughs> I would be bad at negotiating. Yeah, the you're going the wrong way. Yeah, I'm going the wrong way. But the one aspect of surveillance that really freaks me out, if I can be very serious for the moment, is when you do not opt in. And it's not some private company trying to sell you something, but it is a major secret government institution that I think even people in Congress are ignorant of their powers. I mean, you can go back to clips of, say, Justin Amash, representative from Michigan, talking about when you try to go get a briefing from the NSA, it's like a game of 20 questions. Like, wait, does the NSA have a talking bear? And they're like, well, not a talking one per se. Like, so you do have a bear that's trained. and but Like, they're, they're very weird about it. Like, you have to have the exact information ready to go, say, I want access to it. They won't lay out what they're doing to you, even if you're a member of Congress. Unless, I guess, they know you are on their team and with their agenda. So if you have a secret organization that is compartmentalized, so even aspects of the organization are secret to the members of the organization that has the immense powers, not only data crunching and analysis, but also is hooked to a government that can arrest you. Add into that this idea of the war on terror where they deem people enemy combatants can hold them indefinitely. Not saying it's happening all the time, but it's there in law. It's what Snowden called turnkey tyranny. 
That's the sort of stuff that freaks me out. And if there is an unholy alliance between that company trying to sell you a product and the government saying to that company, well, if you want to stay in the game of selling people stuff, you got to give us all that information so we can crunch it and use it for our police state matters. That's where I have an issue. And yet, what's happening today is, in my mind, a stupid hack partisan game. Where, again, on the issue of Assange, both parties, big players in both parties, players in the media, a lot of them have been on both sides of Julian Assange. And it goes back to what you said, Southernwood. It might be that he's been doing what he's going to do. Julian Assange has been Julian Assange. He tells the truth that you might not like it. But I don't see, I'm not very hopeful, I'll put it that way, that the people that are supposed to represent the American people will actually wake up to this problem. And then I worry, even if there are some people awake to the problem, they don't have the means or the methods to actually go about fixing it. And I guess the one hope I have is if, in fact, the Donald Trump campaign was spied on illegally with unsubstantiated, unverified information. I don't know that exactly to be true. It might smell like that. I'm not going with hunches. I'm not going with my gut. I'm waiting, just like I waited for the conclusions of the Mueller report. And I'd like to see more of the report. Read it for myself. But if that is shown to be true, that what Trump is saying is true, that I was spied on, this should never happen again, it, it might be enough of a rallying point for us to do something about this. That's that's beyond Watergate. Yeah, because you know, I mean, Watergate. Sure, I that's mean, like something out of House of Cards, man. That's literally ripped from a life is imitating art. If if what's being proposed actually happened, you know, Watergate was a campaign doing that on their own, right? You know, this is a sitting president directing the intelligent agencies of this country to go out and do what was done in Watergate. And how much farther can you go when you've got right. NSA, CIA, well, you know what scares me more? FBI? You know what scares me more is if Barack Obama actually... I mean, he had something to do with him since he was a sitting president, but imagine if he was more like, I don't want to know about it. And really, what this was initiated by the intelligence communities themselves. That's what I That's think the scariest most thing. likely happened. And talk about a deep state nightmare. I mean, that's conservative conspiracy porn right there. Well, and it's like you said, and I really do. I think that the uh, our representatives in Congress and in the Senate, I think for the most part, they are ignorant of this in the Webster's yeah, sense with, of the world. Without they, they're just they're just ignorant of it yeah. and this crap goes on and there and i don't want to be you know some you know tenfold hat wearing guy no but the people that run these agencies and the people that fund these agencies and most importantly the people that benefit from what these agencies do and provide for them they're the ones that are like hey joey you're the director over at the nsa you know you might want to give us so-and-so. And you're like, oh, oh, yes, sir. Well, it goes back to something Milton Friedman said. It's, you know, that famous clip where Phil Donahue's like, do you think greed's a good way to run a system? 
And he's like, excuse me, pardon me, but all of us are greedy. Do you think the the Soviets don't run on greed? And then he says this line, and this is why I'm bringing it up. Do you think American presidents pick their cabinet members based on the merits? That's, that's a good line. No. Of course not. You do need to have a certain level of competence, obviously, because while they're also serving themselves, they do have to deal with serious issues, real issues in the world. But more importantly, who's your mama? Who's your daddy? Mm-hmm. You know, who do you work for? Are you who maybe, did you used to work for? You know, either you're very loyal, or I have something on you. You're compromised, and I'm keeping it to myself, and I'm going to use it over you. So I know you're loyal. <laughs> yeah, you have that no stuff choice happens but definitely to too. That definitely happens. Why do you think there's all this weird crap you hear rumors about with secret societies, like the weird initiation stuff? And it could be, I'm not talking even the highest levels of government. Why do you, Why did fraternities for so long have some of these weird initiations, or at least stories of them? It's, oh, you're not talking about like the, the spirit feast that they have? Oh, I don't want to talk about that. I know what you're talking about. With Wiener and them? Yeah, with the, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, you kind of, I mean, once you go through something like that, I mean, you're kind of all in. It's like, right? because then you get, it, it, but you really do, because you get to that point. You're like, hey, we were all there. Well, Everybody and, knows. And who knows? And this is also stuck in my craw. After the break here we're about to take, I want to do something that's actually been the most popular thing on my Facebook page. And I'll open up the phone lines at 272-9228. But before I get to that, something serious, too. And I haven't had a lot of time to think about this, so maybe I'm talking out of my ass here. But I saw the news today that the former pope, Pope Benedict, he came out with a long 6,000-word letter on why there's been so much sexual abuse, essentially pedophilia, in the Catholic Church. And he blamed the secularization of the West. He blamed the sexual revolution in the 60s. He worried about a cabal of gay priests. Now, this might be of a certain European point of view. He's mostly focused on Germany and Austria in the letter, so maybe, but this is happening all over the world. And I read that and it just, it pissed me off. And in my, I'm angry not from a point of view of, you know, I want to besmirch the faith I was raised in, Roman Catholicism. I'm angry because it's another example of Instead of saying, well, the priests that did that to those children and the bishops who moved them around and covered it up, maybe it was their personal individual responsibility to see something that's evil and not do it in the first place or at least not cover it up. Instead, we're going to blame society. Take responsibility, Pope Benedict. You might be right in the sense that there are problems in the Catholic Church in terms of the reforms that were put in place in the theology. You might be right about some of the general trends. But when you're using that argument to, in a way, explain... And or justify... Why this... Yes, it almost comes across as explaining away and not taking responsibility. Especially when the people that have been calling... For investigations into this have been secular authorities. Governments that aren't religious. They're just 
You know, they might be of a certain religion, a certain district attorney or a certain investigator might have a certain faith, but their job is as an investigator, as a prosecutor. These are the people that have brought this to bear, as well as the brave people in the congregations who were the victims of this, actual victims. The church is not the victim here. Unless you want to, again, go into the land of metaphor, the body the church was hurt. Yes, it, yeah, it was hurt. So I need to think about that more, but when I read it, it just came across as, like, man, the, the gall. That you're going to blame people who have different moral worldviews for what the church did itself. Or certain members of the church, if I'm being a little more charitable, sir. That, that pissed me off. I just read it about 20 minutes ago. My goodness, it's, um, we gotta hit this break. And when we come back, I promise some fun. Because this has really been the most popular thing on my Facebook page. I've shared all sorts of serious news, silly memes, but this one topic, and I'll throw it out there now. And if you want to join in, 272-9228. When and to whom is Joey going to get married? No, not that. That's another. Oh, that's a whole show. That's my favorite one. When you buy some French fries, do you dip those French fries in ranch or ketchup? Hmm. I got a hot take on that. So do I. More on that serious issue after the break. Joey Clark. Welcome back to the program. Show is brought to you in part by Express Fitness 24-7. I'm going to the location over on Zelda Road. The Hillwood Festival Shopping Center will be there tomorrow morning. Looking forward to it. You know, the first few weeks I was And you getting know involved. the best thing? You can go when tomorrow morning? Whenever, whenever I like. Whenever you want to. And that's in the name, 24-7. When you become a member, you don't have to become a member for a year or even for six months. You can do it month to month at a very reasonable rate. They'll help you out if you feel like a fish out of water. Here, some free initial personal training sessions sessions in order to get you on the right track to meet your goals. And there are all sorts of different goals, especially different people at different points in their life. But I love it. it. It was something that I was a little hesitant to do the first month or two I was going. But now I'd look forward to it. And that's not even that. that's not even one of those deals where you do you get like a thirty day trial no. and then after that you have to sign a year long no, contract. It's month to it's, month all the way. See, that's perfect. It's great. And there are locations not only here in Montgomery on Zelda Road, but in Prattville, Millbrook, Clanton, uh, Wetumpka, Clanton, yes, and Pine, Pine Level. Level. Yeah. All over the place. So when you become a member, you get a key fob. You have access 24-7 to meet your schedule. I'm loving it. So check them out, folks. Best place to do that is online, expressfitness24.com. That is expressfitness, the number, 
Local24.com, or just stop by the place. Uh, you can find the particular number for the particular location right there on the door, and they are quick and attentive. Give them a call, and they'll set you up. Um, I think it's a great thing. I'm looking forward to doing it tomorrow morning. I'm looking better in the mirror. But it's also, I feel sharper mentally when I do mm-hmm. that stuff. I just feel happier. If I miss out on a workout, I don't feel as good. Now, the big question I asked earlier, you order some French fries. I have to say, I pretty much always go with ranch. Now, I'm not saying French fries and ketchup is bad. I've done that. I enjoy that. I mean, certain fries with malt vinegar is good. I mean, certain fries with no a voice. like a, a mayo or like an aioli, like a spicy mayo or whatever, is tasty. Yeah. You get Parmesan sauce. You can get fancy. But the question was ketchup or ranch. And if I had to choose between those two, there's something about ranch that is my favorite sauce. And you better believe I know my sauces, folks. One of my nicknames in college was sauce for many reasons. And see, I don't even agree with the premise of this question. No, look at you. Because it starts with... Getting all philosophical on me. When you order... French fries. When you make them. When you have French fries, what do you dip them in? Now, see, that's what... I, I don't order French fries. French fries are... I mean, that's one of the, the the baked goods. They've got to be right then. Yeah. I, I mean, as they cool off, they, they change. It changes the molecular construct of the entire piece. And uh, speaking of which, do you prefer skinny fries, like McDonald's fries, or do you like Thick-cut fries, crinkle-cut. Ooh, ooh, I'm trying to think of my favorite fries. I love curly fries. I do, Curly fries are amazing. I love Five Guys fries, the Cajun fries. Those are really good. Um, but I think my favorite fry I've ever had is duck fat fries. My God, those are good. Now, that I've never had. I, I have heard amazing, of that. amazing, man. They and sound absolutely delicious. They're unreal how good those are. Like, they're just the duck fat. Oh, excuse me. I'm turning. I guess the I'm. they're dropping again. <laughs> Puberty. No, it's just been a long day. Uh, but the duck I mean, fat is so good. I can imagine that with, like, some Parmesan cheese yes. on it and a little a garlic parsley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, That's really that good would stuff. be good. That's really good stuff. But actually... You know, that kind of amazed me. That was the most popular thing I've posted this week. People are getting into it on my Facebook page in the comment section. It's <laughs> you pretty... put all this great big stuff about yeah. Minkin or somebody on there. Or like, no, like a new, human, likes. a new human species <laughs> is found. Like we have a first image of a black hole. Like, I mean, we've got Julian Assange arrested and like big news in terms of what's going on with the Trump administration and how the whole Russia investigation started. And, uh, no, people yeah. react to like the most. three, five, and seven likes and comments and then ranch or ketchup. <laughs> people are going nuts. A thousand. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to continue what we were talking about off air a little bit. I want to finish up about ranch or ketchup. Go ahead. Because I have the answer. Okay. The answer. And I do love ranch. I promise you. Yeah. Probably almost as much as you do. Almost. Ranch and hot sauce is the only thing better. It's so good. It it's it goes on everything. You can put it on ice cream. I put it on some fish earlier this week. Some cod. It's, yeah. it's wonderful. But you mentioned the malt vinegar. If you will take your ketchup mm-hmm. and you squish it out on your plate, just yeah, and make you a little circle. 
kind of like the black hole. Mm-hmm. And then get some apple cider vinegar and fill that little hole up and mix your ketchup up okay. with the vinegar. Yeah. And make it is the most wonderful thing you can possibly eat on french fries did it last night gonna do it again tonight right that sounds delicious sounds it is it's great delicious. because it, it gives it gives you that you get the sweet <laughs> from the the ketchup but you also get that that little bit of a bite but the apple cider rather than just like a, a you know a white vinegar it has a little flavor to it, yeah. and, and it adds yeah. to the sweet, but it gives you that little tang. And, and that's how ooh, you, you begin a good barbecue sauce. So, I mean, that's a yeah, that's a great idea. That might be the great... No, ranch is better. No, it's the best idea. Ranch is better. I came Variations up with it. of ranch. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> so, off air, we continue the conversation <clears throat> I mentioned about, you know, the former Pope Benedict, who's still right. alive, and this is the first time he's commented on something major uh, ever since he stopped being Pope. Is that is that odd in it the is. Catholic Church? I, it, I think well, it I is. think it's odd for him to even be alive still. Yes, because I mean, few of them have retired. Right, they usually go none in my so, lifetime. Yeah, they've passed. Um, they've returned to the dust, so to speak. What have you? What I mean, whatever you want to call it. But him essentially blaming the sexual revolution of the 60s, again, he might be coming from a perspective of Europe, um, but him blaming essentially society and all these structural issues and society and the church is why these priests did this to these young kids, in particular young boys. And I find myself saying, okay, there might be something to the idea that people got it wrong in the 60s about sex. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'm willing to go... Like, it's completely wrong, um, because I don't think everything was utopia or even maybe optimal before then. Now, could they, in reaction to what it was before, gone too far? Very possible. And I think there has been a lot of confusion sown out of, well, you know, live free. Sex is just transactional. I think there's been a, and also the changing roles of men and women in society. It's confused a lot of things, and what's our role? Yeah. What's our obligation? And that's that's dangerous, yes. in my opinion. Yes, but I think you can have that conversation all day, every day, and I'm happy to have it. But to say, okay, what we just said about the sexual revolution, and then say, well, that's why priests in the Catholic Church did this, and yeah. it's also why people kind of covered it up or didn't want to admit it. I I don't buy it. That's a non-starter for me. I I think, especially when you're talking about a place like the church, it, you're supposed to be the bulwark against the things that, and like the revolution. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and because you know, it's it's a lot like you know, as you don't have children yet, but as you when you're raising children, you teach them things such as, you know, if you get lost. Go to a police officer. Yeah. Find a police officer. The guys with the badges that's in the black and white cars or a sheriff, you know, deputy. Or find you know, a man of the cloth. Go to, yeah, go yeah. go to the preacher. Go to this and go to that. Those, you know, there's, there's a scripture in the Bible where I think Paul is writing to Timothy and he says, don't desire to be a teacher because you will be judged more harshly mm-hmm. as a teacher or a preacher, whichever how they translate the word. And and those are supposed to be 
safe places. I mean, they are supposed to be the people we can trust. Yes. You can count on no matter what. Well, some of our most intimate details and insecurities, our sins, these sort of things, yeah. And to blame a societal ill or a personal ill on uh, the sexual revolution or the uh, the way that the morals of the country are moving, which way they're moving, I, I do. I'm with you. I think that is ridiculous. Yeah. But I do think that the sexual re- revolution did a lot of moral damage to the country. There are not consequences to having sex anymore. Hmm. I mean, even, and people think you're crazy when you talk about birth control. We didn't have it. 60 years ago, there was no such thing. You know, if you were fertile and he was fertile, uh, you was going to be pregnant. And there were responsibilities. And then it's compounded with something you brought up, the welfare state. See, I think the welfare state. There was no welfare state back then. So when I got, you know, Susie pregnant... It was like, you got a child to take care well, of. Well, and in the 40s, especially people coming back from war, there were a lot of seven-month babies and shotgun weddings. hmm And people did it for the sake of the kids. And I'm willing to say that, yes, I think, I think the 60s were probably a response to a time before. And they probably went too far. And now we're having new response. I mean, think about it. There was this, you know, free love movement. It lasted until... I can. I'm big into Prince. I've talked about Prince for so long. Think about early Prince music and the persona he put out there. Like he literally said, "My goal." He told this to band members in like the late '70s, early '80s. I want to personify sex in both male, feminine, or uh, masculine and feminine characteristics. I want to be androgynous. I want, and I want to do it to get a rise out of people and to express free love. These yeah, sort he of changed ideas. his name to that little sign, right? Uh, and he knew what he was doing, and. What happened is that went away when the AIDS crisis comes around. So there's a reaction to that. And actually, you do get a trend of be monogamous, you know, safe sex, these sort of things. They're responding, again, to these things work in response. They don't work in a vacuum, in my opinion. And then also, here's the thing I think that gets lost. It's my point about you can't blame these revolutions for your own personal behavior. Throughout all these changes and how people dealt with sexual relations, there are a lot of people that still went, nope, I'm going to marry this person, and that's the only person I'm going to have sex with. Yeah. And you and and before these happened, there were still dudes out there going, I'm going to rape this little kid right here. Yep. I mean, it's not like it started in 1964 right i mean that's not when it started so i, I therefore think, there's that i mean that is there's no just too much of the, it and i think that's what pissed me off so much there's too much of it's society's fault society's society's a problem and it's like well yes maybe yes maybe society is a problem but have you ever checked you know in the mirror You know, it might even be more so the fact of the acceptance of political correctness, Joey, because even though, you know, well, I kind of know Uncle Joe's a creep, but Mm -hmm. that's Uncle Joe. He's older than me. I don't. And that's a different form than what we deal with now. Yeah, I may know the preacher kind of he kind of hugged me a little too long the other day. But he's the preacher. Yeah. You know, I can't say anything about that. And and it just compounds itself because the farther you're allowed to go, the further you're going to go. 
and it can get to the point that it's out of hand, especially yeah. in a religion like and and I I'm not one of those Catholic haters, but you know in a like the Catholic Church where everything is so organized, yeah. it's a hierarchy, clear hierarchy. It's very one hundred percent. It's like well, you can't talk about him. He's a cardinal. Right. Do you realize you're talking about a cardinal? Right. It's like, well, yeah, but he did so-and-so. No. Uh, I think you're misremembering this. You know, and you've got all those kind of things that go along with it. And then when he gets away with it, you know, Cardinal Smith over here is like, hmm, he got away with it. I've always wanted to try that. And then he can get away with it. And it's just a general kick. Things I've, compound. It's a general kick I've been on. Instead of like looking for the, the blaming society and trying to find a one instance of this or even a general trend and going, okay, what does this say about the community as a whole? It's like, no, why, what does it say about the people who did it first? It says it's human nature to try to blame someone else for the faults in your own life. Yep. That's what we do. Yep. It's his fault. He made me do it. Mm -hmm. Wait till you have children. 